Nelson, alcoholic addict. That is not my real name. That's my pen name that I use here at LOL Sober. I also don't use other people's names. I try to not put real people uh, in my newsletter, and that's the case today. I'm, I'm going to talk about something, but it's it's sort of a composite character, not a specific person walking around the earth. So I want to talk about how when I first got sober, I fell in love with 12-step programs right away. And it's a pretty simple reason. My life improved so much so quickly, it just felt like magic, and I was head over heels. That is not how everybody feels, though, and I respect that. I'm not somebody who shoves my brand of sobriety down your throat. I've seen way too many people clean up their lives using a hundred different strategies. And I did not pick that number out of thin air. I actually thought about all of the people I've met over the years and how they got sober and found a solution to addiction. And I think it's around a hundred. That's what I've seen. So if you're finding certain things don't work for you, man, take what you leave and take what you need and leave the rest. Anyway, the main thing I was thinking about was uh, a situation where I had an old friend uh, from my early days of sobriety who used to come to meetings and just shit all over the meetings. Like, she didn't like the religious aspect of of sobriety. She hated the prayer. She wasn't a big hand holder. She didn't want hugs. She didn't like when people shared the same thing at every meeting. She didn't like when people shared for too long. She rolled her eyes if you said a slogan, and she thought business meetings were lame, and she didn't want a sponsor. She didn't have a sponsor. She didn't want to work the steps and on and on and on. Every time she shared, she would dump all over the program. And I, at first, would get very irritated because, like I said, I obviously felt very different about sobriety. I felt like these programs had saved my life. And I remember just always listening and thinking, why why are you even here? Like, leave if this sucks so bad. And then one day, she raised her hand and she started talking, and she got a little emotional, and she said, you, you all know me. I hate everything about 12-step programs, and I dislike most of the, the people sitting in this room right now. <laughs> but when I come to meetings, I don't drink. And then she announced that for the first time in her life, she had one year without a drink. And I found myself clapping as hard as I've ever clapped before. I, I was so happy for her. And I think when I think about it, I think it's for three reasons. One is I got sober the way I got sober. Maybe other people can get sober with one meeting per week or one meeting per month, or maybe they need to go to three meetings a day, but don't do any step work. And that works for them. I, I I don't need to form an advisory panel for anybody else's sobriety because the truth is I don't actually know the answer. That's not my sobriety. It's not for me to know. Uh, if I'm asked for suggestions, I will provide them, but I try not to attach any strings to whether you do them or not. If I say a meeting on Sunday is really good and maybe I'll see you there and I don't, so what? You know, that's not my story. You know, that's your sobriety. The second reason that, that came to me was I used to scoff a little bit when people would say, don't drink, go to meetings. Don't drink, go to meetings. I heard it a thousand times. I thought that was too low of a standard. You know, and and it is too low of a standard for me, just for me. But it's also terrific guidance for me that during rough patches, when I'm doing a lot of extra work and not seeing big returns, you know, that happens. That happens. I've had real tough patches, sometimes for a couple of weeks, where I'm just saying this too shall pass and I'm doing everything people are telling me to do and it's not passing. Um, And I just 
I just, it was a good reminder. I always need to just not drink and go to meetings. I, that has to be the very basic standard. And when I've done that, it's been enough. It has. It's, it's worked. I haven't drank. The third thing that was really hard for me to figure out is I'm okay being me. And I was haunted at first by the idea that the only thing you need to change is everything. You've probably heard that before. The only thing you need to change is everything. I've heard it a, a whole bunch of times. I mostly agree with the idea that recovery requires a total overhaul. Thoughts, actions, patterns of behaviors, the way I, the way I talk to people, the way I listen to people, all of that stuff. I, I, I had to learn it or overhaul it. I had to change it all. But I also spent some time in a rut because I've had moments where every single little thing that happened, I flip into program mode and I'm like, what character defect is firing up for me? Do I need to do a fourth step? What is my role in this resentment? Do I owe an amends? It was grueling because I found that there are times when I'm overanalyzing, where I am dwelling on a, a small imperfection so much that it guarantees more imperfection, that I'm not able to move past. Like, I shouldn't have said that thing at the meeting. What do I need to do the next time? What parts of the books do I need to read? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, no, just don't do it again. You know, don't do it again. It's as simple as that. Um, so now I try to remember the old phrase, beat yourself up with a feather, not a baseball bat. I like that one a lot. I try to move on. You know, that anecdote about the person who hated everything about meetings except the staying sober part, like, she liked who she was without the alcohol, but with no other work. Like, she she liked who she was by just subtracting drinking. I want to do the extra work on myself. I think I need it, you know, to be honest. But I also have experienced um, a mini breakthrough when I accepted some things about myself that might not be spiritually fit, but are a part of me that I don't want to lose. And <clears throat> one big thing that comes to mind is I like R-rated comedy and I do stand up comedy and that that's I shied away from it a little bit at first because I was like oh this isn't spiritually fit blah 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 you know it's I'm not doing stand up in church basements uh at business meetings you know what I mean like I, I'm up there on stage to make people laugh and it is me I am a pretty um R-rated person <laughs> and that's okay I will tell you like a couple years ago I did a, a big comedy show at a 12-step conference for young people. And I got up on stage and I did 45 minutes about the steps and the program and everything to this sober crowd. And then at the end, I just did 15 minutes. I mean, honestly, there was a bunch of dick jokes in there. I did a bunch of dick jokes. And people were laughing really, really hard. And it just reminded me, like, I'm going to be who I am. You know, like I don't know that it passes all of the 12-step tests that you would apply to it. Um, but I'm doing the best I can. And, you know, I guess I'll leave you today with some very basic words to live by. You've heard me say them 152 times already today, but don't drink and go to meetings. Thanks for letting me share.